Welcome to the Play-Based Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen R.B. Peterson, and maybe your new teacher bestie that is here to hype you up, maybe give you a motivating kick in the pants, and teach you all I know about play and childhood. I am here to help you challenge old and outdated practices and inspire you to create a truly developmentally appropriate early childhood environment that fosters creativity, curiosity, and joy in the children that you care for. Let's set the stage for a lifelong love of learning. Let's get going. Christy DeGraff is joining me on the podcast today. Hello, Christy. Hi. And we are chatting about advocacy for early childhood education. And I think a lot of times the word advocate or advocacy scares people because they think they need to march up to a Capitol and like stand outside of it and stand in front of people and Mm -hmm like a government type place, but explain to us what you think advocacy is and what that means to you. Yeah. So, well, let me start here because, um, I am a family childcare provider and I think anyone in the early childhood field understands like it's a lot of work Yeah, and your brain is sort of like constantly solving problems you know, emotionally regulating, like we're just constantly on overdrive. And so the idea of like adding anything else, um, can feel really, really overwhelming. And so when I started in family childcare, uh, 16 years ago, actually, um, I remember we would get like notifications of the rule changes or mm-hmm. the meetings where they were making the rules or any of that. And I would just be like, they would go in the trash because I could not handle one more thing. I was like, just tell me what I'm going to, what I need to do. And I will do it. Yes. Um, and, and so the idea of like advocating for myself felt impossible because I felt like I was just trying to constantly keep from drowning. Right. Yeah. Um, but the longer that I was in the field, uh, the more that I realized that if you just continue to do that, you're going to be pulled every which way. And you're going to be at the mercy of people who are not working with kids Yes, or maybe have never even worked with kids. It's so wild. It's so wild. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, And people are making these policies and they're making these rules with like really out without any context. Um, and so, you know, just kind of like little things started to happen over the years that made me recognize, um, how important it is to actually like be as involved as you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to look different for everybody. But for me, it started actually sort of accidentally because I started my program, I moved and then we had this, um, house that we rented out for a while and then my sister-in-law moved into it um and so when she moved into it you know I had to like go back to the city and and do all of the things to get the program started mm-hmm. um and so I went back to the city enough times that I kind of started to see patterns and problems yeah. with that process for providers because I'd been a couple times for myself then for her. Um, and when she moved, so she moved out of that house, started her own program. 
we went to the city like we always did, you know, and there was always like the parking stuff that was obnoxious and, and everything, but we showed up and she had probably a half a dozen neighbors there, uh, kind of protesting her opening this program, oh right? Oh my gosh. And you would not believe, like, it was like, my dog has anxiety. It's, he's going to be so upset with all these oh kids my. outside playing all the time. What about the traffic? What kind of people is this going to be bringing into my neighborhood? Oh my right? gosh. Like, right, all of these sort of uh, ridiculous um, concerns that people had, but I had been back enough to know, like, this was not like exclusive to her. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of my first opportunity to stand up in front of the, you know, city board of adjustments and say, here is why this is important. Here is, you know, you have somebody who has a master's in early childhood education that wants to open a high quality program yeah. and, and kind of trying to like educate them on the power of early childhood and the need for our community. So that's where it started for me. Okay. So now what does advocacy look like for you? Well, um, so it kind of has morphed from there and I will say, I, I like, I like speaking in front of people. So there's that. And I always preface this conversation with, it does not have to look the same for you as it looks for me. Right. But but what really kind of threw me into it um, more was a couple of years ago, I actually was moving out of family childcare, I thought. Um, I was the director of a larger center here in town. I had opened this center for the university. Um, I was planning to move to that full time and close my family childcare program. But I got wind of a um, a bill that was coming up that was going to change the regulations and allow unlicensed providers to have more children. Oh, now people have a lot of different feelings about that and yeah. that's okay. Like not everybody has to agree with me on that, but I did not feel like that that was a good idea. Right. Okay. I felt like it yep. was bad for kids. I felt like it was, um, especially bad for low income kids who were going to then have less access to high quality license programs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found somebody at the university who I knew was doing legislative work. And I said, what do I need to do? Because I actually, I forgot several years ago, I had once dipped my toe into this this world and I'd heard about this bill and I had a friend who was a senator and so I emailed him and I said hey this is a terrible idea this isn't fair it shouldn't pass and he's like well thanks for your input but it's already basically done right because I didn't understand the legislative process yeah so I talked to her I said what do we need to do she gave me a short list of well you've got to kill it in committee before it gets on the, on the train to being passed. And, and so I just like, I figured out how that worked. I figured out, you know, she showed me where to go to get to the zoom links and, um, to get to the legislative committees. And I went and I testified and I'm just, you know, I'm just over here. I'm just an early childhood person, you know, trying to program for kids, but I was able to say, you know, this is, this is why, this issue is so vital. And I was able to speak to that. Um, little did I know, you know, it wasn't just me. There was several other people there 
And by stepping into that space, I was able to get connected with a whole group of people Mm -hmm. um, that have now like organized this whole effort. We have actually now here called Care for Kids. Okay. It's it's organized by um, this uh, nonprofit organization called Voices for Utah Children. And they've been working for Utah's kids for a long time, but they work on like education and elementary and, you know, stuff for older kids. But because I showed up and stepped into this space and was so passionate, um, they have now kind of built this network around early childhood, early care and education. And they have this whole arm of, um, of, of their organization that is working on these different issues for, for kids. And it's, Um, it's incredible to see what we've been able to accomplish with just pieces and just people showing up when they can. Absolutely. Okay. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've come across when advocating, when practicing advocacy for early childhood? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things. Um, number one, you have to, (laughs) you have to figure out how to show up, right? Um, because it's a little bit different than just hanging out with your buddies and Mm -hmm. complaining about all the things that are wrong and all the things that need to happen. (laughs) We love Um, to do that though. We do. We do. But that actually, we'll come back to that because uh, (laughs) that's that's kind of a, that's kind of a trick and a suggestion that I have for people. Um, but I remember like the first meeting that I showed up in, I, I, said some things in a way that, um, that was uh, hard for the legislators to to hear. And they didn't, they didn't want to, you know, I said it, sometimes it feels like we're auctioning Utah's kids off to the lowest bidder. Um, that did not go off. That did not go over well. No. Okay. (laughs) Right. So, you know, like, yep. You show up, you say things wrong. Yep. And you still show up and you still like you, I learned from that. I learned how to be a little bit more diplomatic with the words that I was saying (laughs) Um, and my, my choice of words. Um, so that's, that's a challenge is you have to learn how to speak to people who have a completely different perspective than you. Okay. Right. Because her response, the one legislator's response was, well, I have a baby and I personally interviewed over 20 people to be the nanny for my child, right? She just didn't have any no. clue of the struggle that a lot of parents face. Absolutely. Trying to, trying to consider like, can I afford quality care for right, my child? Right. Or do I put food on the table? Yeah. So, like she, that was not even in her brain. And so to put it that way was not helpful. <laughs> No, kind of put her on the defense. You know, I was, I read something the other day that when there is somebody whose opinion differs than yours, um, and I actually put it in my notes on my phone, I just pulled it up. Um, something that you can say to that person is tell me why your belief around this topic will create Mm -hmm. a more beautiful world if we adopted Mm -hmm. your perspective. Mm. And yeah. I love that because you can use it in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it really gets them to think, well, is this perspective making a more beautiful world 
yeah. not. And you could change that up a little bit, like a more beautiful world for children or a more um, mm-hmm. inclusive world for children or a more um, learning rich world for children or whatever it is. But tell me why your belief around this topic will create a more beautiful world if we adopted your perspective. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And what I like about that is it is easy to feel in this work um, that you are not getting anything done, that nobody understands the importance of what you're doing, that nobody understands your perspective. And sometimes, frankly, it feels like people don't care, right? Like the way that they talk about kids. But if you can, even if you don't get the chance to ask that question directly, if you can think about and understand their perspective and understand like, okay, so this particular legislator obviously has a different experience, but clearly she cares deeply about her child and, and, and she most likely cares about all of the children in Utah in the way that she understands best. Right. And so we can start there with that. People want to do good and figure out, what we can do from there. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. Tell me about um, community involvement in supporting the needs of early childhood education. What do you have any, like, so you talked about the one initiative in Utah. Do you know of any others that have been very successful in advocating for early care and education? Well, um, it's, it's always going to be a community effort, right? Um, but from that experience, it was actually really kind of cool what happened. Um, so we were able to defeat that bill. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool, but eh, it doesn't end there. Uh, But the sponsor of the bill really wanted to do, um, something for early childhood. And this is important too, I think for the podcast listeners to understand, because if you start to pay attention, it is actually a really incredible time to get involved in advocacy and a really incredible time to be talking about this because of COVID. Yeah. It's a huge topic of interest for people because, you know, as you and I know, the system has been kind of broken for a while. Yeah. Um, but people are now just seeing that. And so there are a lot of conversations happening in all places. So this legislator wanted to do something. And so we went away from defeating that bill with committed to like moving forward on something. Right. Mm -hmm. So she spent that summer doing, um, some listening sessions, which I attended, um, and, and working with, you know, however, however they do that to craft that bill. But in the meantime, I actually sat down and I took that list of things that we always complain about. Right. Yeah. And, right. And I was like, okay, if I was a legislator working at the state of Utah, is there anything I could do about these things? And I listed about five things that I was like, you could look at this issue. You could look at this issue. You could look at this. What were some of the things you remember? Yeah. Yeah. So one of them was that um, insurance is really challenging for family child care providers. I know family child care providers who have had the same insurance company for 20 years and then they have a claim and then the insurance company is like, oh, we didn't know you had a family child care and they kick them off. Right. Oh my gosh. 
Um, or like there's, there's companies that like will not insure family childcare providers. And to me, that just like seems wrong. Yeah. So I was like, can you make some legislation around that? Like that you cannot exclude somebody simply because they have a family childcare program. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one, um, insurance for childcare providers. Right. I was like, is there any way that childcare providers can buy into the state retirement benefits package and, yeah. and the insurance package? Um, uh, the city regulations is mm. one because, mm-hmm. you know, like in our city, you know, they have, we have the, um, at least in our state, we have, we have the state regulations, but then every city has additional regulations on top of that. So like here in the state regulations say you have to have a four foot fence, but our city regulations say you have to have six foot fence. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, so it's just like these things that pile on top of each other that make it more challenging for people. And absolutely. Frankly, I have seen more than one person who wanted to open an early childhood program here and they got like mostly through the process. And then they got to the city and those final like additional things that they had to do were just the nail in the coffin and they didn't do it. Oh my gosh. You know? So, so that was one. And then the other one was, um, in Utah, we can have 16 kids with two childcare providers with a licensed family childcare program. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have mixed ages and you have families with older kids, you know, there was always this, um, complicating factor where kids would come home after school and if enough kids hadn't left you were out of ratio or you had to save their spots Hmm. for a part-time rate or whatever so um so those were some of the things but what ended up happening is they ended up taking two of those they ended up taking the school-age kids and um the city regulations and putting them in a bill that we ultimately ended up getting passed wow yeah yeah Oh so, my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it was really cool. And here's the thing, like the school age thing has been, it's been sort of a mixed bag for me, right? Because I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. We're going to be able to have these extra kids. And, um, you know, it's now I'm like, do I even want more school age kids, right? Like because <laughs> we could have three extra school age kids now. Okay, okay. So, so 19 kids though, that's a lot. And that's I'm like, a lot. So maybe didn't solve the problem the way I wanted it to. Um, but the cool thing is, is that we actually made a difference. We actually you changed did. the law in Utah. That's amazing. Yeah. Way to go. So, and it wasn't just me, you know, like I said, it was like a whole, this whole initiative around, you know, this group and other family childcare providers coming together and, you know, this group kind of helping us like, okay, you need, you can, let's start a letter writing campaign on this and let's reach out to our legislators on this and we need to call on, on this. So, um, it's just been a, it's been a really cool experience to be involved. But uh, the other thing that I've learned is that sometimes number one, things take time and you have to, like, sometimes you have to give up stuff. The, um, the unlicensed, the raise in the unlicensed kids came back in that bill. I was so frustrated Mm. about it, but that was included as well. But it was like, you know, this process of give and take and. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you made a difference for sure. That's amazing. And, and, and we're continuing. And that's the thing is, is, is we're kind of trying to snowball this and we're continuing to try to make a difference. And I mean, even like this week, 
there's um there's a bill in front of this was a this is a federal bill but uh regarding the food food program and so i put that up on the facebook page and everybody's excited about it and i'm like you know what we might actually be able to get people calling our legislators and our senators and and making some progress on this and this is the bill i mean it's spends money right because you know it's food programs so it increases funding yeah, yeah it's not something our senators would probably normally vote for they're you know we're in utah very conservative yeah like, but if we can get a hundred child care providers to call their office yeah you know they, they're gonna listen maybe they may consider voting for it interesting that is so yeah. neat um one of the things that I know was done in Minnesota at one point in time for um, child care providers were just trying to get heard. Um, there was an initiative where there was some sort of bill they were trying to get passed and a whole bunch of child care providers across the whole entire state all sent in diapers, like a diaper with a note written on it, like, please support blah, 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 blah bill, whatever it was. Huh? And yeah. they sent diapers to their... That's incredible. Like representatives so that they would like notice what was going on. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm actually going to yeah. tell them about that. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. So ad advocacy for you on a big scale looks like doing things with the legislature and getting bills passed and stuff. What does advocacy look like for you on a small scale? And that's an excellent question because like I said, bandwidth, right? Yeah, like yeah. a lot of us don't have a lot of the bandwidth to do big things. Um, for me, it looks like posting on social media, yeah. right? Like it looks like, um, noticing and, and I, I've, I intentionally try to follow, um, places where I know those stories are going to come up. When I see a story come across my feed, I follow like the food care, the, the food program yeah. site so that those will come across my feed more often. So maybe posting, posting my own notes. I mean, you know, I do social media. So sometimes I do stuff in my social media and that's a lot of fun for me. Um, but you don't have to show your face on video, no. right? Um, sometimes it, it looks for me like having conversations with other women at church mm. about, you know, when they find out what I do and just talking about, you know, like how challenging it is to be a young mom and, and trying to understand their perspective and letting them know, you know, the work that I do and how important it is and giving them a little bit of my perspective as a childcare provider. Um, and, and the cool thing is we have a lot of this language right now with the childcare cliff, you know, a lot of the language that's in the media that we can actually say, this is my experience. And, and I've had more than one person say, wow, I didn't realize like that, that was, that that was a thing. I didn't realize um, how hard you work. I didn't, I, you know, like, I didn't think about the fact that, you know, not everybody has choices for good childcare. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it, it can be, it, it can be a letter to your, your Senator, right. I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard like, if, if, uh, if a representative at the state level, at least in Utah gets like half a dozen emails on something, they think it's a hot topic. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, because uh, people are just not involved. They aren't, you're right. Right? And and so it, it's challenging, but it's so easy now with, you know, like if you go to this this issue with the food program thing, if you find the website, there's actually like a, a button you can just click 
and you can right away look up your representatives. They will give you a form yeah. email. You can send the form email. So at least, you know, like at a minimum, you're saying this is an issue I care. I care about. I'm at your yeah. constituent, you know, or you can also usually um, uh, personalize those and, yeah. and put a little bit of your own story in there, which is ideal if you you're take right. the five minutes to do that. Yes. Oh my goodness. So in Minnesota, there is, and this might be uh, US wide, I'm not sure, but there's an organization called Think Small. Mm -hmm. And they actually have a program that um, Minnesota early childhood educators, child care providers can apply for. And they actually teach you all about advocacy and how to make change and how to like get involved in bill writing and like all of that kind of stuff is really amazing. And I actually took it right before COVID. And so it shut down and we didn't get to finish. Um, but there might be things like that in other States. So look into it. Cause I know think small is an organization that's nationwide, I believe. And our Minnesota sect has that program. So yeah. So yeah, that's one of my biggest out. pieces of advice to people is to get involved with a group of people who's already doing this work because it's, it's so challenging. It's so daunting to do. Mm. And there's even like with everything that I do do, there are still things when they're like, you know, we're going to do this letter writing campaign. Can you do this? And, and I do what I can, but it's never as much as I want to. Yeah. Um, but but knowing that I'm a part of a bigger group, um, it, it, I, it doesn't feel like I have to do it all myself. And I think initially, you know, when I was like a younger worker, a younger employee, I didn't yeah. necessarily see the value of being involved in, you know, like, cause I started my career with the state. So I didn't see the value of being involved with the state employee union or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and then when I started in family childcare, NAFCC, um, the local one, I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, like I don't agree with them on everything. And that's, that's usually what it is. Yeah. I don't agree with everything that they're doing, which is fine. Like you're never going to get a group of, yeah. you know, thousands of people to all agree. But what I found is that if you, number one, if you don't like what they're doing, you can get more involved. And in a lot of these organizations, you can actually make a difference, yes. right? You can bring a different perspective and, and help change the narrative. But, but number two, um, that is the best way. Like NAFCC is, is probably one of the best ways for family child care providers to be involved in an organization that is speaking at a national level. Most of us are not going to get the chance to go to DC and to testify in front of, yeah. you know, Congress. And most of us don't want to, right? Hey, exactly. I don't know if I'd but, want to. <laughs> but they're there and they're doing that. And 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 as, as much as you can be involved, um, it helps helps move the conversation forward. And 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 if I've learned anything through this process, especially like you know, with this last bill that we got you can make a difference. I mean, I suggested something that is now Utah law. That's amazing. And, and I'm just a family child care provider here in my little town of, you know, 40,000 people. Yes. <laughs> you know, you in, did in, it. in Southern Utah, which isn't even, you know, like it's like the forgotten part of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
like there's like there's Salt Lake and then there's the you know the stepchild down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you've been here. I know. Right. So um but but we we can make a difference and and you don't have to pass laws and you don't have to come up with all the ideas, but if you can take those things that are most frustrating to you, start paying attention to them, start being in the rooms, right? Like, yeah, I kind of, you know, quote Hamilton, right? Be in the room where it happens. Yeah, okay? yeah. Get involved with your provider groups. I mean, there's been more than once with my Facebook provider group that I wanted to just walk away because the drama was like, oh, too much. yeah. But, you know, like by staying there and being there, I've been able to help kind of shift some of the focus sometimes yeah. right and, mm-hmm. and 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 move this frustrated energy to an energy that is actually making change and actually um moving conversations forward so amazing well the work that you're doing is amazing you are brave you are smart you are brilliant so like you're so kind it's amazing Absolutely. what you've been able to do and you say just a family child care provider, but like you are a family child care provider, no just. So yes, that's true. There that's you go. True. Uh, tell people where they can find out more about you and connect with you. If they have questions or want help figuring out how they can get involved in any sort of advocacy in their area of the world. Yes. Um, so I am most active on Instagram at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y dot DeGraff, D-E-G-R, A-A-F, two A's, one F. Um, So you can find me there. I'm on Facebook and and TikTok as well. Um, You can also find me on my website, christydegraff.com. Amazing. Recently up and and going. So, um, and you can sign up for my newsletter there. I send out... um, just little things there as far as what you can do to help improve your program, advocacy stuff, outdoor classroom stuff. I talk about a lot of that. So amazing. Awesome. We'll put all of those links down below so that people can, or in the show notes so that people can, can connect with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being an advocate for children. I appreciate the work you're doing. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Of course. If you liked what you heard today, share this podcast with your coworkers, admin, or maybe even your partner. And I love getting five-star reviews so more people can embrace play. Hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Or connect with me on Instagram or my website, kristenrbpeterson.com. Until next time.